Hey kids, you're about to listen to a <coughs> comedy podcast. That means that none of this is medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, contact your doctor. <laughs> Welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast featuring Dr. London Smith. Remember, Stay at home for the better. Don't be a COVID spreader. Introducing your host, Dr. London Smith. Hello, and welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast, where we discuss fitness and health, and how to incorporate our modern understanding of science and medicine into our daily lives, but without it being so boring. I'm your host, Dr. London Smith.com. I'd like to begin by apologizing to our listeners. We've received some feedback about the overuse of complicated medical terminology I've been using, such as bone skintography and Easter. So I will do my best to temper my vocabulary better as we go forward. Here to help with that is our producer, Cameron. Hi-yo-we-um. When Cameron heard about the Easter Bunny, he said in kind of a strange voice it's wabbit hunting season and then so cameron you just picked up a gun and left well yeah and then when you came back i noticed that the barrel of the gun was bent all the way backwards Uh, yeah i don't want to talk about that i mean i will talk about it well what do you think happened dr london that stupid that the stupid rabbit stuck his little fingers right into both barrels of my shotgun and so then when i shot it it kind of bent my gun pointed it right back at me shot me in the face blew black dust on my face just like guns do i'm sorry to hear that cameron so it i guess my experience with guns would be that you know if someone stuck their finger in then it would it would just shoot their fingers off well, yeah, how do you think I feel getting out, getting getting beaten by a, a little rabbit like that? And it was just, just a normal rabbit that was just around, and you just, when you try to shoot it, it Yeah, no, this was just stuck. a completely normal average. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was gray. Does that make a difference science-wise? Like me- I, I'm not sure. Wise? You're a doctor. Yeah, well, I'm, for one thing, I'm not, you know a vet but also yeah as far as as far as i'm aware it just seems yeah it seems odd it, i i guess you are just as surprised as i am about that result yeah well I, i'm not a scientist i'm not an animal scientist you're closer to an animal scientist than me yeah yeah just the one specific type of animal which is human but uh in any case also with us is did you do in the house It's rabbit hunting season. It's rabbit hunting season. It's rabbit hunting season. Yeah, no, no, this was just a completely normal average. It was, it was, you know, it was gray. Does that make a difference? And Cameron tells me that we can also expect well, a special and, guest today. Well, and I, and I, I do want to say right here, DJ Dylan, thank you for that lovely beat. But I also want to say that, uh, you know, just for the record here. 
me and DJ Dylan, we are unknowing accomplices to whatever Dr. London's actions are. We're, I just want to say that in, at the beginning of the podcast. Just yes. We are just taking orders. That is it. And so if something were to go down and people were to get arrested or anything like that, me and DJ Dylan don't know anything. We're just the sidekicks. I'm sorry, what are you... Cameron, what are you saying... Do you think something's going to happen today? No, I just said nothing's going to happen and nothing has happened in the past. We don't know anything. We are unknowing accomplices to what Dr. London's actions are. Okay, well, for our listeners, I should clarify, you know, be clear here. This is a medical education podcast. So I don't know, Cameron, how it would turn into... You're going to bring me the money. You're going to bring me the money, okay? You hear that? Don't cry. Don't cry. Who are you talking to? Huh? Just go ahead with the podcast. Three, two, one, and action. Were you threatening someone? That really doesn't sound like me. Well, the voice did. Ah, That just doesn't sound like something I would do. And you gesturing angrily. Ah, I just, it really doesn't sound like something I would do. So let's just, if we three and two and a one. Okay. So before we move on, I would like to address a bit of listener feedback. This feedback was scribbled on a piece of paper that I found floating in my coffee. Quote, Howard, this isn't funny since your daughter had that awful smell. End quote. First of all, I would like to thank you so much for your insightful question on the Jock Doc podcast. To, to answer your question, I would like to first clarify that my name is not Howard. Uh, neither can I speak for the scent of his daughter, Uh, But one thing I have learned about jokes over the years is that sometimes a bad smell can help a joke and even be the basis for a joke. And you know what I've learned about jokes over the years is that if you plainly explain it, it's so much funnier. It's so funny when you just plainly explain why something's funny. (laughs) Okay. I just... uh, So it's just my opinion and not a medical one. So... Maybe maybe this listener is right about it. I was just trying to answer their question. In any case, uh, thank you for listening. At this point, I would normally share you know a medical anecdote from clinical life, but our producer Cameron has actually been very emphatic that he wants to contribute to medical lessons here. Yes. So so you have some con- tips together. We are we are continuing our uh, what do you want to call it lesson plan. Cameron's coronavirus tips. Cameron's coronavirus tips. Our series, I guess. Well, yours. Yeah, this, this is, is this is part three of my series talking about what everyone's talking about, which is the coronavirus. Right. Right. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't realize I had to confirm for you. Yes, that is what you're talking about. And so, if you if you haven't listened over the last two weeks, two weeks ago, I had gone into the deepest part of the ocean in my quarantine submarine in order to get away from the virus which the the deepest part of the ocean in your mind is the th- bottom would of be... the ymca swimming pool yes yeah i just wanted to clarify unfortunately that. the virus can get you if you are frequently surfacing to get snacks from the vending machine which we unfortunately found out so we moved to the quarantine trampoline which is where i was last week um, and it, 
if you didn't listen, the quarantine trampoline allows you to jump as fast as you can away from the people with the disease who might be in the trampoline with you. Well, theoretically, if, so it was just a trampoline. Well, it's a trampoline and there's like a, you know, there's the net. You got to remember the right. net. Yeah, no, I, no. I agree. There's, there's a net surrounding the trampoline. The unfortunate part of that is if, you, if you're having a party in the trampoline, there's just too many people. And since yeah, that... I've definitely been partying a lot lately, that that put a lot of stress on the trampoline. It couldn't hold. And it, we ended up kind of breaking the trampoline is the issue. Well, and I have to imagine that the seagulls that you attracted to the top of it and the snakes that you kept below uh-huh. surely caused some types of problems. Like, I don't know about your guests. Bird people and, and over having... them. Yeah, of course. So and even having guests over, one of the you know things about this virus is that you want to avoid close contact with people. It's social distancing. I mean, there were, there couldn't have been more than 150 people on this trampoline, but unfortunately, even though I'm continuously jumping away from people trying to breathe in my face, if all 150 people are doing this, the trampoline just can't support that kind of weight. Everyone jumping away from each other constantly, in sort of a vicious circle. Right. It looked sort of like a spiraling drain, you know, but of people avoiding the virus. So this week, now this is going to sound a little contradictory to what we talked about two weeks ago in terms of the best way to get away from this disease is to go as low as possible. I have moved on to the quarantine mezzanine. Wow. Which a corn, which a mezzanine, of course, is sort of when there's like a staircase, and it's not a full second floor, but it's just kind of like a little loft area in your house, right? And I think that could allow up to 150 people to just kind of party. You're too high for the virus to get. That's determined because you're too you're above the floor. Okay. And you can have as many snacks up there as you want. So you you think that the virus can't climb? I don't think it would want to. I think if you think about how small it is and how many, how long it would take to go up all those steps, there's no way it would want to. So okay, I would well, say my first tip for you, because again, that's tip zero. That is accepted by default that all of our listeners will be doing that. So hang out in the mezzanine. Yes. So my tip number one is, of course, get some good shoes because you're going to be walking up those steps. You're going to want shoes that aren't going to slip and slide everywhere so you don't fall down the stairs. And you're going to want shoes. I would go with cleats, honestly. Okay. Or Crocs? I was thinking more like soccer cleats, like the spikes and everything. Okay. And that's just to make sure you have a good grip while climbing Climbing up the stairs and you're not going to slip and slide. Okay. I would say the my second tip is to bring the snacks from the first floor up there with you so you don't have to keep going up and down. Okay. So that's I still I think you might be missing one point with viruses with any respiratory illness is that or infectious ones is that they are passed through from the pe- person to person. So if you have a party up there, they'll bring it because it lives in their lungs. Do you see how that's an issue? Interesting. So, okay. So from here on out, only lungless people will be invited to the party. That is tip number three. And that is Cameron's tips. Do you know a lot of 
lungless people? No, but I'm really good at making friends. Okay. I guess theoretically, because the virus does, you know, attach to, I believe it's the ACE2 receptor in the lungs. I guess theoretically, if you didn't have lungs, then that would be a safer bet. Okay, so that would be tip four then. So tip three, invite people who are lungless. Tip four, try to be lungless yourself as much as you possibly can. I imagine if you just YouTube that, you can probably find tutorials on how to achieve that. Um, so I guess I'm just gonna the problem. I'm just gonna swing for the fences here. If you just go to YouTube.com/slash go lungless, just do that right now. I don't know what's there, but I assume it's going to be relevant to what we're talking about. And we can just that'll be tip number four, and we'll make that tip number five. Well, and I was walking just through the theoretics of it, but you know, humans do require lungs for oxygen exchange. And well, and, and I do think tip number six should be cleats. You should wear shoes because you're going to be going up and down the stairs or up the stairs. And I would say right. tip I, seven, make sure those snacks that are downstairs, just bring them up there with you so you don't have to keep going up and down. Okay, I guess I that sounds like it's time to move on. And then tip eight, what you're going to do is you're going to want to only invite lungless people to your party. We're going to okay, go tip yeah, we'll, nine. We'll, we'll, you're going to want shoes. You're going to need nice shoes. Think cleats that you can go up and down the stairs with. Well, thank you, Cameron. I guess it's time to move on from there. Uh, now for today's medical topic, neurogenic shock. Neurogenic shock results from a failure of the sympathetic nervous system to maintain adequate vascular tone. Huh, this must be as... what you have, right? Because you have no sympathy whatsoever. <laughs> failure of the it's, it's sympathetic also... nerve system also known as sympathetic denervation. So, so in it's other words... you have, because you have no sympathy whatsoever. Blood vessels stop constricting like they're supposed to in order to maintain blood pressure. Now, the sympathetic nervous system is more commonly known as your fight or flight, but it plays an important role in your day-to-day health as well. Uh, some causes of neurogenic shock include spinal cord injury, severe head injury, spinal anesthesia, and pharmacologic sympathetic blockade. And it is characterized by peripheral vasodilation with decreased systemic vascular resistance. Clinical features include well-perfused skin, low to normal uh, urine output, bradycardia, and hypotension. Not a problem. I will just say that right now. What? The urine volume. Not an issue. Oh, you're you're trying to apply this lesson to yourself. You're saying that you are not in neurogenic shock, buddy. <laughs> look, I I look. I don't want to brag. I feel like this is getting into kind of weird personal territory. But uh, don't have to worry about a uh, urinary output. I'm uh I'm outputting a lot of piss, lots of it. Well, I I guess I. Uh, good, maybe? That means you're drinking a lot of water? Oh, no. Don't know where it's coming from. Don't care. Okay, well, that could... I just know I can't stop it. That could be troublesome, actually. Just keeps going. You know, kind of a presentation of diabetes, potentially. It's just a continuous, nonstop stream of... of Oh, wait, are you... Oh, you're going right now. Well, I... This is my issue is if you're if you're never stopping are you really going? You know what I mean? 
if it's just always going then it's not like going it just is the default so i i guess one one thing i could clarify here is that normally you have uh adh anti-diuretic hormone that is preventing you from having to pee on the time i'm not at all 88 i'm in my late 60s okay oh, i'm sorry i should clarify adh and also you're you're in your late 60s yeah that, that's a rough guesstimate but yeah okay that just that's older than i would have guessed i go off of sort of the nielsen rating categories so for a long time i was 18 to 39 um, and then I was 40 to 65 plus, and right now I'm in 65 plus. So you use a rating system, right? Like, so I sort of the Nielsen rating grouping system, like Nielsen ratings for TV. Right. So normally you would calculate your age by taking your date of birth and then subtracting, you know, the current year. I think subtracting that from the current year. Yeah. I mean, I think in certain religions and regions of the country, sure. Okay. All right, I don't want to, you know, bring in ageism or anything. So we can we can move on from there. Thank you. Um, so as I was saying, clinical features include the warm, well-perfused skin, low to normal urine output, bradycardia and hypotension, although tachycardia can occur, uh, and decreased cardiac output. Treatment for neurogenic shock uh, includes judicious use of IV fluids, uh, vasoconstrictors, which are drugs that make blood vessels constrict. These can also be used to restore venous tone, but they should be used cautiously. Patients may also be put into the supine or Trendelberg position. And because fight or flight can affect hot and cold, treatment also includes maintenance of the patient's body temperature. So, you know, if they're very cold, then it's blankets. It's very hot, then, you know, you manage it appropriately. Oh, I'm really, really glad you took a significant amount of time to tell people that if they're cold, like get a blanket. Yeah, well, these people would be in shock. So they, the people would be unable to. But this is for people learning medicine to know, you know, you, it's right, not just Right, to pumping. know a cold person might need a blanket. I'm glad that our doctors are getting this level of education. Carry on, Dr. London. Carry on. I hate to interrupt, but Cameron... I, Do you have? Well, I'm here to pick up my order. Oh, hold hold on a second, Doctor London. We actually don't have a guest today. I was just I th- I thought we could maybe just do inventory, but let me let me take care of this real quick. Inventory. Do you have my monkey meat? Okay, yeah. Let me let me put you down for. Did you want to specify the type or just any and all? Do you want a grab bag? I'd say fifty percent spider monkey thigh. I'm sorry. Okay. 50% spider monkey thigh. And 20% orangutan phalanges. Ooh, so we are fresh out of orangutan. Um, I can do gorilla. Are you... Okay, that'll be fine. Are you selling exotic meats, Cameron? Home? Okay, we'll put you down for some gorilla. I'm sorry, Cameron, that wasn't an answer. That was just a hug. What? So I'm going to put you down for a gorilla. Anything else? Do you have anything... Actually, I, do you want to just be on the show? Okay, sure. But before I do that, do you have any specials today? Ooh, let's see. Um, well, so we we're recording a podcast right now. I know. So if you 
If she could wait until after. I've got a lot of people. I'm sorry. I can't really wait for you to finish up your little podcast. Sorry. For our listeners, anyone new, I believe we're speaking to Sheila Dawn. Is that right? Correct. And Sheila, okay. I do have a I do have a tiger arm that I can give you. I'll just throw it in for free. Okay. I could throw that in the smoker. So Sheila Dawn has been on this show before. Uh, she told us about her... Tiger Taco Tuesday. Ah, she, she sells I never exotic meats at the, exo- at the Arkansas State Fair. That's one of my business ventures, yes. Yeah, you had a couple, right? Yeah, she also had a bone yard. A bone garden, yes. Bone garden, that's right. And what was the purpose of the bone garden? It was something about, uh, like, w- weren't we capturing people? Souls. We were trying to capture souls mostly, but... That's right. We were capturing souls for the most part. But you were you were luring people in and then trapping and killing them there. Is that is that correct? Well, some of them died of natural causes, but yeah, the Bone Garden's actually been kind of... Because we only have one-time visitors, we've kind of yeah. not been doing too well. So I've kind of been trying to think of ways to get people, because the town closest to mine is just totally empty now. They all came to the Bone Garden, and they never left, and so I need to get kind of something big that'll kind of get people from far away to come and see. But before before we get further into this, I do want to clarify here, because we have talked about this a bit before. A, a hammer to the skull is not a natural cause. I understand you're saying if the hammer falls from a high place and there's no one letting it go, it's on a string or something, then you could argue that it was a natural cause. I don't, I just don't buy that, but that's neither here nor there. Right. And also, you killed the entire there. city of people? They were all just one time visitors to the Bone Garden. Yeah, but so you wiped out an entire city. Just kind of a small All town. wasn't a full city. Yeah. Because I would assume that most visitors there are one-time visitors. Is that about right? Correct. Yeah. Have you ever had a repeat visitor? No. Okay, okay. I, I would imagine that would be probably kind of difficult. What, Sheila, what? So, so are, I mean, is this is this really all you're here for is you you were just picking up an order or what is was there something more you're kind of looking for well while i'm here i could say i'm looking for like i said something that'll really draw people from far away to come and visit something big that a lot of people will be talking about and okay. i am looking i've been hunting for years for the most exotic meat the easter bunny whoa Okay. Now, I'm not talking about just a rabbit. I'm talking about the eight and a half foot magical demon that knows your children and comes into your house every Easter and gives them baskets of stuff. That's the one I'm talking about. No. Sheila, you swore. You swore that you would leave him alone. I did for a couple years. I did stick up to my word, but the bone garden is just suffering so bad with the one-time visitor thing, so. Okay, well, okay, I want to clarify a few things. One thing I forgot to mention about your first visit with us is that your exotic meats that you sell Can are you imagine the roadkill. magical powers that I would absorb if I ate Easter bunny meat? No, duh, Sheila. Of course you would acquire magical powers, but that's the kind of power that we weren't meant to have. That's the power you weren't meant to have. 
No, that's why it was bestowed upon to a bunny instead of a human because a human cannot have that kind of power. It's like the ring. So if you see him and he's got a vertical pinstripe suit, a monocle, and a top okay. hat. So this isn't this isn't the the bunny that Cameron six foot long into. ears, big bunny feet. Cameron recently had bunny an encounter to, with a rabbit. Bunny rabbit. This is this is separate. Okay. This is I know exactly who she's talking about. I don't know. Maybe you haven't. Maybe your parents didn't let him. Maybe your parents didn't let you meet the Easter Bunny, but uh, in some cultures, Dr. London, um, we invite the Easter Bunny into our hearts, and he comes every year, and he has a conversation with us, and he sits down and talks to us, and he gives us some candy. Okay. And what Sheila's talking about here is about hunting this thing down and, and putting it on display like some sort of freak in her bone garden. Well, I'm well, trying to do more than so, that with it. I'm trying to skin it and wear its fur as a suit, first of all. Oh, Second of all, I'm oh, trying to I, eat okay. its meat and absorb its magical powers. And third of all, I'm trying to get its bones on display at the Bone Garden to attract people from far away. This is a threefold mission. Don't you forget it. Okay, I'm, I, I am so sorry. I was really mistaken. I thought you were going to keep the bunny in a cage. No. But now that I know that you're just going to be wearing the bunny skin, then yeah, do whatever you need to. I don't care. Thanks for your support. Well, okay. Now, how are we going fictional... to get these monkey meat patties loaded up? Well, this is a three-person operation, so it is going to involve all three of us. Wait. No, I, I guess Cameron, I'm not doing it looks it. like you are. Can you have DJ Dylan do and it? If you want this monkey meat, you're going to help out. DJ Dylan, you're going to help here? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm also not, I don't think I want to be party to this because the the animal meat that you're listing sounds like, like it'd be illegal to be selling that. Okay, London, if you don't help us with this, these monkeys are going to rip Dylan and I to shreds. Is that, that's what you want? You're sending us to our death? Wow. I, I just, maybe if you just give the animals to the zoo... Or to roam free? Like, I, I send them don't back. know anyone who works at the zoo. Or or just call animal control. I guess that's that's the. I most don't know logical. anyone at animal control. I don't have that number. We're giving okay, these well, monkeys to Sheila, and we need your help. I mean, I can look up that number. That's not so hard to do. Sheila, I want to ask. You talk about how your bone garden business has really been suffering lately with the lack of. Uh, townspeople what about your your meat truck business is that i mean i know that sort of travels around a bit so you have a little more freedom you're not anchored to one location right right well it's going okay but the problem is i can't get customer loyalty because i can't keep the same name for too long i'm constantly having to change it you know they realize like oh they're not just calling it's not just a funny little thing that they're calling these monkey burgers you know, it's not a funny right. little thing okay. that they're calling these things uh, bat burgers and monkey dogs and, you know, so, bat hotlines. So this marks a big transition for you. When did you switch from cooking dogs and cats that you find dead on the road? What what made you switch from those to, you know, these more exotic creatures? I've kind of 
<clears throat> that business has really grown, and I've kind of gone more corporate with that, actually. Uh, I kind of sell more like jerky packs, and we sell them at Bucky's. So I've oh. kind of, that has kind of transitioned. That has kind of bloomed and blossomed into something else and something new. Wait, 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 wait. So wait, you're, you've started like a, a mass company that's correct selling product to like actual legitimate stores correct and but that's mostly where the dog and cat jerky are going yeah we do have a small storefront still for the people that want their pets turned into jerky but but mostly we're just kind of having people go around finding it's not really just dogs and cats just finding whatever we can find on the roads in our travels and uh, I assume and so, online has been doing great then. Bucky's kind of handles that for uh, me. Oh, okay, of course. Well, I mean, honestly, that sounds pretty great. I, I mean, do you want to kind of get into business here? I can be like, I know right now you're just buying monkey from me every few weeks and I'm, you know, throwing in a tiger arm here and there, but we could get in on something, you know? Well, pitch me. Wait, you, I'm not involved in this, am I? Well, you're talking about like lack of people, like lack of customers. We have new guests on this show every single week. So we just kind of filter them to you. Do you see what I'm saying? They come on the show, we say, Oh, you know what? We have a we have a we have a season passes to Wait. a pretty cool uh, pretty cool place to go to. Give them those season passes, where do you think they're gonna go? Sure, you can we can Turn get up. some type of little coupon book for them. The sure. Bone Garden? But really, I'm looking more for, if I find the Easter Bunny and I put the Easter Bunny's bones on display, I will have people coming worldwide to see this. That is true. That's the type of business I'm trying to generate here. What does that look like? You're talking about hunting the Easter Bunny. What are you, what are you, what are you doing to, to lure him? What are you doing to hunt him? And where are you going? I'm kind of standing outside of people's houses that I know have kids, and I'm kind of just standing there all night long trying to stay awake, trying to see when the Easter Bunny appears in their living rooms. And so far, I've not had any luck. I am starting to get some volunteers, some other people that are willing to look through windows all night. Of, of homes with... So Small I'm children. hoping this year we I'll be able to... I usually end up falling asleep. So I'm hoping I've got volunteers. We can be on the lookout. We can we can get it this time. And I'm putting it out here to all your listeners. You know, if you have kids and you invite it into your home to leave it your kids' presence, uh, please monitor it and let me know so I can kind of figure out... And I can't figure out, you know, how he transports and... You know, at least with Santa, we know that he comes on a sleigh, he comes down the chimney. With the Easter Bunny, we have no effing idea. I would say it's probably one of two ways. It's either hopping, because we do know that rabbits do that on a on a consistent basis. Yes. The other, I would think, would be teleportation. And he kind of zaps in and out of each house that he's, you know, going to. Sort of jumpering into another house. Like the movie Jumper. Well, we will never know until we get eyes on him. And so what we're, t- I mean, so, it sounds like what we're talking about here is a vigilante group of heroes. I mean, how many people, how many volunteers are we talking about? Like 30, 40? 40, exactly. We're talking about 40 volunteers going from house to house, peering into the windows of small children. So, well, just staying at one house. This is something that... I- this is something that I can it's get, easy behind. To get behind. Dr. London, have I not been talking about something exactly like this? Okay, you have been describing 
like without mentioning the Easter Bunny, you have been describing this scenario that you would like us to get together a group of 40 or so people to go stare into the windows of young children, like through the night specifically, not just in the daytime, but at night. And Correct. If you need, if we need to get video cameras, if you can't promise to stay awake, we could probably rummage around and find about 10, 15 video so, cameras. I guess one of the ways that, from my understanding of how you know people go about hunting rare creatures, is that they'll find out where they've been spotted before in the wild. I saw him once as a child. I will be where honest you with you. See the Easter Bunny. It was absolutely horrifying. And it took many years of therapy to get to this point that I could even speak about it. Speak about hunting it. No, when I saw it as a child. Okay, well, where did you see it as a child, if I may ask? I was in my home. Okay. And I knew that it was coming. And so I was laying in bed, and I saw it in the hallway. It was standing in my doorway, staring at me. And the evil that I felt that night. Oh, I'm getting chills. I have never experienced anything like that. And I have met many, many murderers, serial killers. Wait, maybe that's a separate topic, but you've met many... Serial killers? Haven't we all? To my knowledge, no. No, I have not. Well, I, I actually think on this show we have. I, so I'd put a pin We in don't talk to... Talk I mean, time. aside from the present company, I don't think we've had that many serial killers on here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't call our wow, guests throwing a assumptions around about me because I've got I, a southern accent. Sheila, I am so... Yes, Sheila, I am so sorry. The sort of bigotry against conservatives and and Southern people. Well, that so Dr. she London said that she wiped really out a town of people. She, my bone garden, wiped out a town of people. Yeah, I, Dr. I can't listen. be held responsible for the things my bone garden does. It has an ecosystem and a spiritual ecosystem of its own that can't even be explained. But you were the one who... So many different types of souls are trapped there. But you were the one who did the actual killing within the garden. Not necessarily. We've we've gone over this. Yeah, you poisoned, whatever. Anyway, uh, all that to say, aside from yourself, I don't... I don't see us crossing paths with a lot of serial killers. Okay, but but you were saying... Well, live in the little fantasy snowflake kind of world you want to live in, that's fine with me, Dr. London. Well, anyways, if you've seen the Easter Bunny or if you want to volunteer, please email me at watching through the window for the Easter Bunny at gmail.com. And I do want I want to encourage a lot of our listeners to kind of kind of listen to this and and take this to heart because I we Dr. Lena we've talked about before maybe setting up some kind of a charity or getting our listeners involved in in action not just listening and sitting back and and oh I don't care about politics I don't care about anything here is a real way to make a difference. Well, 
And it's by by peering into people's windows for their little children and trying to take down this murderous evil bunny. So, one one thing here, you have been putting up posters around town, and the wording of it, you know, asking for the forty volunteers. It sounded, Cameron, like you were recruiting for a food drive that you need this many volunteers to to hand out donated food, and that's what I thought. Well, we're gonna need snacks. If we're out there all night, we're going to get hungry. Yeah, we're going to need snacks, just, so that is accurate. You, you may need to change the wording so that people know that it's not a food drive, that, or it's not, it's not, you know, handing out food, that it's it's specifically the task of, you know, going overnight and staring into the windows of small children at their homes. Yep. I just, I, the, the posters are misleading and I have seen them everywhere. I just don't, I'm not really a micromanager. So I sort of like to give people the tools that they're going to need and then sort of let them improvise from there. You know, I, I guess. So I give them the tools they need, which is, Hey guys, go look in those windows. And then from there, it's up to them. Yeah. I guess the, the part that I see is misleading is there's no mention of windows. There's just. You know, come help us give food. But I maybe I just read it wrong, and maybe I'm the only one on this one. In any case, uh, Sheila, so once you, let's say you set sights on the Easter Bunny, what is your plan to, you know, take, take down the Easter Bunny? I'm going to stab him through the heart. Whoa. I keep a knife That's on what me I'm at talking all times. We need more with, of stuff like this on the show. Mm-hmm, with Easter Bunny's name carved on the handle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I certainly do. Oh, you wait. You have a what? We have you have a what with the Easter Bunny's name carved? I've got a knife on me at all times. And you say you say with the Easter Bunny's name. You keep talking about this evil demonic creature. Does the Easter Bunny have a different name? I don't know. I guess, so the follow-up question there is, what name is, you know, etched into your knife? Easter Bunny. Okay. Okay, keeping it Okay, simple. title, not name, I guess. Unless that is his, his given name. It could be, that could be his Christian yeah. name, for I've sure. been, I, That's what I've been assuming. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. So I, I do, you keep talking about um, a little bit the, the sort of power that you're going to assume. I mean, what do you, what do you, let's say, let's say hypothetically your dream comes true. You peer okay. through one of these windows, you crawl up to it, you peek in, you say shh, shh to the 40 people that are behind you. And to the children. You say there. In front of you. And to the children who are sleeping, yeah. You say, there it is. There it is. And you crawl in, and he's just placing his evil candies down under the children's feet. That's what they do on Easter, uh, Doctor Lennon, because you, you're not familiar with the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny puts candy under children's feet, I, and you you go up to him and you say "Gotcha," and you stab him, and you stab him, and you stab him, and then you start consuming his meat, his raw meat, right then and there. What do you expect to happen, and what are you going to do with that kind of? power well first of all i wasn't really imagining it that way i've you know i've been really picturing it for years and years and years and 
that's just not at all how I had it play how it plays out in my mind. What, what how how is it going to play out? Plays out somehow. I've convinced the Easter Bunny to do a dual type of situation. Okay. I run and somehow I'm able to leap up, and I have the dagger over my head, and I just plunge the knife through his heart, and I say. That's all, folks. Whoa. And then, I right there, I rip his meat, but I do it respectful because he's a magical creature, and I want to treat this meat because I'm going to have a good meal with this. I'm going to roast it over an open flame. I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to make this a meal. Okay. And from there, I just want to be able to lay back, relax, and let it overtake me. And whatever happens, happens. So I do, uh, one thing you had mentioned before, you said, somehow I'm going to leap up and stab the money. And I, that the key word being there, somehow, because I was sort of wondering that as well. You do not seem like the kind of person who would be able to Just leap physically, up and do such yeah. a thing. Is that is that where the 40 people behind you come in? Because that's, now I'm getting confused on that point. This has just been my lifelong fantasy. Right. I'm not sure how all the pieces are going to fall into place, but I'm just hoping that everything is exactly how I've always imagined it. So you're, so, so the game plan is you got 40 people behind you. You get them to, I don't know, stand on each other's shoulders or something so that you can stab the Easter Bunny. I'll let them handle that. I'll let them handle that. Yeah, that okay. I think we've actually no, but I think we've actually figured this out. Let's. You keep saying the pieces are falling into place. What if part of this? What if part of your destiny was me and Doctor London helping you figure out this puzzle and kind of helping you accomplish this goal? What if you take some of these forty people? You don't need forty, but take like four of them, and they can create sort of a human pyramid type of uh, gymnastics position where you're able to put your foot into someone's hand and they are able to toss you like a cheerleader sort of up into the air where you're able to come down stab them is that is that a, is that along the lines of uh, is that something you'd be okay with sure but i think i would need more than four people definitely because i'm gonna need other people holding the dagger up i'm gonna need other people plunging it i'm gonna need people oh to you don't want to you don't want to do any those of the people you don't want to do any of the physical actions whatsoever I just want it to look really, really cool and be exactly how I always pictured it. That does sound awesome. It, it Yeah, it's pretty hands-off, I guess. I'll need so people on the other side to catch me, obviously. Yeah, obviously. So it really, it sounds like the only reason for having so many people in this group is to sort of move you around like a puppet. Is that about right? Right. I hate to use my own body energy i hate to oh that's that's a separate principle of yours it's just something i hate i hate having to use my body energy you have told me multiple times keep the energy in the boneyard right that's where the energy needs and to so be left. that's what i'm saying i need you three young men strong able-bodied to load this monkey meat up in my van and that i mean i guess if it's already prepared all right i mean 
Well, I mean, the monkey meat's not. I mean, it's just monkeys. Okay, well then I can't. I, I can't be. The three of us just need to wrestle these monkeys down. Is what I can't what has be to a happen. part of that. I don't think. But so, DJ Dylan, can you? Okay, are, are we going to do this right now? No. Yes. Okay. No, I'm, I'm emphatically so, not doing that. Thank God we're recording at my house right now. Right? Who knew that the the even the office would be closed? Yeah. So I'm just gonna go upstairs real quick. I'm just gonna open. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna open up, up the attic. I'm just gonna go ahead and let the monkeys out. And then if the three of us could sort of get together, you say it as if and, I'm going to. But the answer is still no. Uh, what? Let's let's just right. wrap things up now. You're not gonna have a choice if you've got a, a two ton gorilla running at you, Doctor London. You're gonna need to. Your pacifist attitude is not gonna work in that situation. With great power comes great responsibility, Doctor London, and your we power all right know now that. Is, yeah, you have the power to help me and and DJ Dylan take down these these monkeys. So I'm just gonna open this door okay, right no, now. Well, let's not. Uh, okay, no, okay, yeah. Well, okay, okay we you gotta, guys are okay. gonna want right. to watch out because they're DJ gonna DJ Dylan. DJ Dylan. Okay, play some sort of monkey-friendly jam that the monkeys will will respond to in a positive way. Yes. Okay. Yeah, not that one. Go to the no, next they song. hate. Okay, they hate that. Okay, go to the next song. Yeah, they don't like. The, oh my god, that one really, really hates that song. Okay, thank you to Sheila Dawn for being on the podcast again. Come here, monkey. All right, DJ Dylan, you grab his arm. London, I need get, you get him in the to van. stick your. No. Get him in the van. Get him, don't, London, get him in the van. Stop him. Get the fuck off my head. Thank you, Digital in the house. stab him through the heart. I keep a knife on me at all times with with Easter Bunny's name carved on the handle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I certainly do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I certainly do. My name is... Okay, stop. Stop that. My name is... No. My name is... DrLandonSmith.com Do you think people would miss Dr. London if you weren't missing? Oh, are... Are these on? Are these this on? Is the Jock Doc Podcast. The voices are chattering away in your head. You try to cover your ears to block them out, but they only get louder. You stand up and you start to run, trying to outpace these voices in their unceasing torment. You brush at your hair by your ear, and suddenly the voices abate on that side. Ah, everything is becoming clear, meow. The reason why the voices couldn't be blocked out when you covered your ears is because you were wearing headphones, and those horrifying voices were just a podcast. And speaking of horrifying podcasts, don't forget to leave your five-star review of the Jock Doc podcast in which you describe the efforts through which you have gone in order to rid yourself of the voices in your head. And while you're at it, go ahead and share the Jock Doc podcast with a friend or foe. 
You can send them a link to your favorite episode or just send them our handy website, jockdocpodcast.com. And don't forget to take a peek at our posts on social media. We are at jockdocpodcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.